Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to the Cowboy Chronicles, the Oklahomans, Oklahoma State Athletics Podcast. I am your host, Scott Wright, joined by Jacob Unruh. Coming to you from the mobile podcast studio after a uh, very productive Tuesday evening talking to OSU football players. It's been uh, it's been a good week so far. It's Kansas week, which uh, it's, can be a little bit uh, a little bit weird, but it's been a good week. I think uh, talking to everybody, talking to Gundy on Monday. I, I, every time I say that, I, I want to say Monday, like yeah, my dad. My Gundy dad, Monday. Gundy on Monday. Monday with Gundy. <laughs> um, I do the same thing. Yeah. But it was a productive chat with him on Monday. Good time talking to the players on Tuesday. We had some fun with them. We had uh, some interesting uh, topics of conversation with guys. It was uh, it was very interesting. We'll get into some of that later. Um, but let's uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, about the football game. These guys are in a uh, position they haven't been in all season in seeing how they. Respond to a loss, Jacob. What do you, uh, what do you, what are your feelings about how they have responded or will respond? Well, it's Kansas. Yeah, that that obviously helps a lot. I it think does. for a response. Um, I almost, I know Kansas just pushed OU to the limit, but I also know that OSU's defense is better. Yeah, and, and this just seems to wake up OSU more I think maybe even right. this week and I almost wonder if I'm going to feel bad for Kansas by the end of Saturday night that's possible and I mean Kansas can't do that two weeks in a row right? no no that's a lot of energy um it's playing above their head twice in a row and I just wonder if this defense is gonna take out some aggression on Kansas and I wonder if the offense is really gonna come out and try to make a statement and I think this could get ugly it uh, it absolutely could. I really am uh, in agreement with you on that. I think it could uh, could get out of hand. I'm uh, I'm still debating whether I pick OSU to cover or not. Oof. Thirty is a lot. It's a lot for this offense. It is a lot for this offense. Even if they come out and uh, and and run up and down the field early, it feels like they uh, they could still go win this game by twenty eight and uh, and still have dominated from start to finish. So. Trying to decide whether they're going to cover is uh, is is a uh, a big internal debate I'm I'm dealing with right now. So, um, but let me ask you this: Would you rather have Kansas week after uh, after the first loss, or would you rather have a tougher opponent that uh, maybe a more important game to really uh, reignite this team? That's a good question. I think there's some pluses to having Kansas obviously I mean it's a game you should win without a doubt Um, but it's also how do you get these guys motivated knowing they just played a really grueling two week schedule right? and now you've got to play a team that is not any good Um, and so I don't know I kind of lean towards maybe getting an opponent that's going to push you a little bit more to get you back in that groove 
Um, but maybe they need this week too to just to kind of let loose and even get some more confidence going into West Virginia. Yeah, yeah. If they can, if they can, if they can rebuild their confidence from the Iowa State game and and go back out and play really well, I think that sets them up for uh, for the next three weeks before Bedlam, uh, really strong because they're playing. They've got three games where the situation, and I wrote write about this for uh, for the Wednesday paper, but. Um, you know, Iowa State. Or I'm sorry, Iowa State. Uh, West Virginia has played them really tough at West Virginia the last, uh, the last really three times that they've been there. Uh, all three times they've been there, um, or not all three. I, I don't know what I'm saying. Anyway, the last three, the last three have been really tough. Uh, they they've been tight ball games, and in times when Oklahoma State was supposed to be a better team, so um, it's a tough situation. And then, uh, then you got TCU, which was a uh, which is a team that's beaten Oklahoma State three of the last four, and all through all three of those all three of those games, Oklahoma State was the favorite. So that's a a tough scenario. And then you got to go to Texas Tech, where they've uh, they've played really close games the last couple of times they've been out there. So it's and Tech's uh, a mystery now. Yeah, exactly. They're uh, they're a wild card in all of this with uh, having just fired Coach Matt Wells. Sonny Cumbie taking over as the interim coach. Um, you don't know what uh, what type of uh, response they're going to have to that. So lots of uh, interesting things ahead on this schedule for Oklahoma State. And then, you've, of course, you got Bedlam, which could be, uh, by that point, could be locked in that, uh, that it's going to be the first of two. It's entirely possible if Oklahoma yeah. State wins out to that point and Texas beats Iowa State. Could be uh, could be locked in, and Oklahoma has obviously won uh, as one out at that point um, as okay. well, which is no guarantee at this point. But uh, if we assume that, it's possible that it's locked in before the game starts. That it's going to be the first of two straight bedlams, with the uh, the second being in the Big Twelve title game. So it's uh, a really kind of crazy into the season, looking at uh, at what's left from this point. So. I got completely off topic from uh, from the question at hand, which uh, which was uh, would you rather have a tough team now or Kansas? I think I'd rather have a tough game right now. Yeah. Uh, I think it would be uh, it would be beneficial, but there are uh, there are positives, as you said, to be taken from playing Kansas this week. Get your uh, get your feet back under you, get uh, get your confidence back built back up. And go into the to the stretch run feeling good about yourself. So, and if you open things up, you get a chance to rest some guys. That's exactly right. It's uh, it's not uh, not the bye week that we all thought it was, but uh, but it could be a chance to go out and get a big lead and, and get some guys some rest that uh, that desperately will need it for the stretch run. So, really important factor in uh, in all of this. We'll talk about uh, some of the things that the players had to say here in a little bit but um does does kansas does the way that they played ou i mean that's not who they really are is it i don't think so i don't think so either i haven't watched enough of them to say but i mean they were getting run off the field by lesser teams yeah pretty badly yeah duke I mean, right i just i looked at that duke score on sunday and i thought yeah, that's a fluke on Saturday for Kansas. Yeah. I think the stars aligned. Um, 
They played keep away. Um, they found some holes in OU's defense and exploited them. But I just – I think it was a fluke. I, I don't – and I think it's just – I've said this earlier, but I think it just woke OSU up more right. going into this week that they can't overlook Kansas. Yeah, exactly. I agree. Um, Oklahoma State players were uh, were fascinating and entertaining tonight. I thought uh, thought we had some great conversations with guys. Talked to Christian Holmes and Tay Martin about uh, what makes Oklahoma State such a good place for transfers to land and succeed. Obviously, both of those guys uh, found uh, found success in their second seasons. But you've got guys like Jalen Warren and Danny Godlewski who have been in the starting lineup almost essentially since they got here. Uh, definitely with with Kudlevsky. he's been the starting center since the beginning of, of the season, uh, going all the way back to spring. Uh, but Warren had to uh, needed a couple of games to get uh, to to earn that mantle, but has become the workhorse and one of the key leaders of this offense. So you've got some really interesting situations, and you can go back through uh, through the years to find guys that have transferred. You know, you go back to uh, to some of the first grad transfers that uh, that that really started succeeding at Oklahoma State, and and it seems like guys really find a role and fit in quickly here. And I don't know, I don't know what exactly it is. It's uh, it's a fascinating question, but um, you know, both both Christian Holmes and Tay Martin, I thought had had some good answers and a little bit of insight into uh, into what it is that that makes that transition so successful for guys here at Oklahoma State. I liked Christian's answer that they're new to town. They don't know anybody. They don't know trouble spots. They don't right. know things like that. They just go and become friends with their teammates, basically. Right. Keeps them, keeps them focused that way. I thought that was really, really fascinating. Um, you know, and Tay, Tay agreed with that, I think. And, yes. Um, and Tay's a guy that, that's been focused on getting to the NFL anyways, and so I think that really helped him, and he's just focused on football. But um, maybe that's the answer. It's just easy to come in as a transfer and just focus on football. You've had experience, and you've been through everything else, and nothing really catches you off guard. Yeah, exactly. Tay Martin talked about how it's easier to become locked in when you're uh, when you're more of a veteran guy and you're not uh, not the wide-eyed freshman. And he also talked about how impressed he's been with uh, with his freshman class, mm-hmm. uh, being guys that uh, that that really do lock in and and care a lot about football and aren't getting caught up in the distractions of being a, a freshman on campus and things like that. And when you look at how much uh, those guys have had to play, even though Jaden Bray has had some injury issues, he's he's been uh, uh, he's been in forced into action because of injuries at times and and has played well. Uh, and then uh, obviously the Green Twins have both been uh been influential players in uh, in their own ways so it's uh, an interesting scenario to consider uh, how young those guys are and and how important their uh, their roles have been to this point so i uh, thought that was a, a fun conversation with those guys what uh outside of the really fun stuff anything else that stuck out to you about our our conversations with uh with the uh, with the players tonight um Brock Martin talk about his elbow injury was fascinating. That was absolutely um, fascinating. He's had a lot of injuries in his career. He's tore he tore his ACL in high school. He's had a lingering shoulder issue throughout college. He's played through I don't know, God knows what other injuries, I guess. Right. Um he's had some back things. I don't remember. It, it's it's a long list of 
ailments for uh, one uh, Brock Martin, but uh, he ranked the dislocated elbow as number one, and I'm not going to argue with that. It, it sounded like sounds, it wasn't. Sounded like it wasn't even a close uh, a close second. Yeah. It still sounds like the most painful thing imaginable to me to dislocate your elbow. There was a point in the interview when I was kind of wishing he would have gone into more detail. And then I thought, no, I don't think I want to hear about yeah. anything else. I don't think I want to hear anymore. I've heard some of the details, and I almost asked, and I thought, no, I don't know that I even want to write the details. Right. I don't. It's just, it's, it's gruesome. It's, it's painful. And I, I, how he played through it. He said he tried to play through the Baylor game, and this was really interesting, <laughs> interesting to me too. He faked his way through the test with the doctors until finally at the end he said no i I, that really hurts i can't do this (laughs) and i asked i said have you have you had enough injuries that you can you know how to fake your way through these exams he said yeah pretty much you know (laughs) i mean he's you know he's he knows all the tricks and he realized i shouldn't play yeah (laughs) and he was still back a week later though or two weeks later i guess with the bye week but just to miss one game with a dislocated elbow he went the bye week mixed in is remarkable to me yeah absolutely and that guy's pain tolerance has got to be off the charts. I yeah. can't even imagine. And I asked him, what's it like holding a baby? He's got a baby at home. Yeah. How's that going with a dislocated elbow? And he said nothing's going to stop him from holding a baby, which I agree. But, man, that's still got to hurt. Right. Exactly. That's uh, That's got to be tough. But, yeah, I can't um, I can't even fathom the type of pain that, that he has experienced over the last few weeks going through uh, – going through all of that and I asked him if he's playing with pain or I asked him how much pain he's playing in I don't remember which I which way I asked I think how much pain is what you said yeah, yeah. it's a good question and uh, he said it doesn't matter <laughs> said everybody's uh, everybody's playing with something right now and uh, just got to go out there and keep playing so that was the very Bull Durham-esque rehearsed <laughs> answer to that it, it was. sounds sounds like I've heard that a lot from other athletes but that's fine right. it's true for him it's, yeah he's the one he's the one person who could say it that i that i totally believe when he says that yeah absolutely that, um, that stood out to me tay martin talking about his touchdown catch i thought was fascinating that was that was good stuff he had no idea that he got two feet in he thought he maybe got one in but had no idea he got two until he realized it Yep. Um, and he slapped the ground to show the officials, which is still one of my favorite moments of the entire game is him slapping <laughs> the ground where his feet, where his toes drug and inbounds to show the refs that, hey, I caught the ball. Um, but that was fascinating. Yeah, it was. He pointed out that on the uh, on the natural grass field, you could actually see his toe print that he left behind. So uh, pretty interesting stuff. And we watched people fill that toe, that toe print up after the game. After, we were, after the game after we did. Post-game, there were people out there filling out divots, which sounds like a miserable job. Right. But someone's got to do it, I guess. I guess so. That would be a, uh, a, a really – I don't think my back could handle that. Yeah. We're talking about pain tolerance. My uh, my back pain tolerance is low. <laughs> I don't think I could stand there bent over like those guys were, just walking around the field filling up divots. I bet they'd be the first people to line up to donate for a fundraiser to get turf at Iowa State. <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> I would be absolutely because because they wouldn't be uh, necessarily ruining their jobs because you still got to have the guy that drives the little truck around on the uh, yeah on the turf that uh, you know that spreads out the little the little black tar balls back out into the uh, into the turf balancing it out evenly. So that still sounds like a much more comfortable job right oh, absolutely. along that than than doing the other other stuff. Absolutely, that's all right. We, yep. we anyways, yeah, that was fun. 
Right, it was. Um, all right, well, I think it's uh, I think it's time for uh, for three questions. It's Kansas week. There's not a lot to talk about. Um, unless there's anything else you think we need to get to uh, before we hit three questions. No, I'll hit the one last thing at the end. I yeah, got it. Very good. Um, all right. First question, we will start with – let's start with defense this time. Over under 1.5 quarterback sacks for Colin Oliver. Ooh. He has been, uh, he has been all over the yes. place with the sacks lately. Brock Martin also told us tonight, I told you so about him being an All-American yes. type player. Yes, so he did. Brock's uh, going to toot his horn on that one. Um, yes. I'm going over. Going over 1.5? I'm going over 1.5. All right. Um, I don't know how Kansas blocks him, so uh, I think he's going to have two and a half sacks. Two, two I'm going to put half. a number on it. I'm going to put two and a half. I like half. it. I like it. Good call. All right. That, uh, that will uh, – you know what? I don't know what his uh, his total actually is right now, uh, but that will uh, that will significantly increase his uh, his lead, I would guess. Yeah. Over uh, over the rest of the defensive uh, defensive front. I think he had two and a half sacks without Brock in the lineup. I think so. I believe so. that's correct. So that would be uh, that would be uh, pretty impressive. I am going to go under. Under. I think I think he'll have some tackles for loss. Yeah. I don't know how many sack opportunities are going to be out there this week. That's I mean, fair. Kansas will have to throw the ball some, but that's not really what they do a lot of. Um, I think they'll uh, they'll have the quarterback on the run and uh, and keep him moving. But uh, but I think that um, I don't know that they'll uh, that there are a lot of sacks to be had this week. That's fair. All right, moving over to the offense. I've completely blanked on what our offensive question was. Uh, third quarter. Uh, oh, you're we right. Gonna, so I, I, we uh, decided how many points OSU scores in the third quarter. That's they right. only scored three the entire season. The entire season. One still, Tanner Brown field goal the I, entire season in the third I quarter. I still st- struggle to find words for this. You found a lot of words in today's paper. It was really good stuff. So, <laughs> But I still struggle to find words for this. Yeah. So what do, you, what do you think? It's pretty fascinating. I am going – with 17 points Ooh. in the third quarter, I think I think the third quarter is when they put this game away. I was gonna, my initial thought when we talked about this off air was 18, and then I thought, how do they get to 18? And so <laughs> right. it wasn't gonna go with that. I'm gonna go 21. 21, three, three touchdowns. touchdowns. All right, good stuff. So uh, so we both see them breaking out of the uh, the third quarter. Uh, struggle bus, yeah, with uh, I, with some major success this week. I see Casey Dunn really letting loose as a play caller. I could see that. I could see that just to uh, just to end the conversation. Yeah, and, at least. And Gundy wanted to emphasize that, so I think the third quarter is going to be really big for them. Right, right. I agree. I could see that for sure. So, all right, moves to special teams. How many field goals will Tanner Brown attempt? We're going to go with, with attempt. Oh, attempt. We're going with attempts. I know we talked about going with make, but I decided uh, to change okay. it. On, there okay. you go, on the, uh, the last you second. threw a so. curveball at me. I did. Um, I'm going to go with two. Two field goal attempts. Will he make them both? Correct. All he right. Will. I'm going with zero. Zero. Okay. One of the reasons that I changed the uh, 
Okay. To, that I changed the question was that I wanted to say that he will not attempt a field goal this week. I don't think it's uh, anything that has to do with him. I just think the uh, the nature of the game will lead them to not needing any field goals and uh, not needing to attempt any field goals. That's fair. Which is uh, probably good for him, a little bit of a, a breather, a little mental break. Yeah. To uh, to not have to worry about it. Or it might have been good for him to get. Might be good for him to get uh, a few tries out there and try to rebuild his confidence. I don't know. I have no idea how to how to handle a kicker. You can I, don't, also, I don't know what's good for them. It could also be a late fourth quarter type thing where the game's out of hand. Could and, be. You know, they decide to just kick some field goals. And yeah. Get a chance to work through his golf swing issues. Exactly. We uh, we had the return of the uh, the golf analogies this week in in Gundy's press conference. For a man who doesn't play golf, I'm just baffled. All the golf analogies. He's got a lot of golf analogies, particularly as they relate to kickers, but not only kickers. He uh, he uses them talking about Spencer Sanders and uh, his passing form. So yeah, it's all over the place with the golf analogies. All right, uh, you want to? Should we do one th- uh, most important thing I forgot, or uh, or do we want to talk about the uh, the fun conversations that we had with uh, with the players? Well, that was my most important thing we forgot. So, oh okay, very uh, good. I was saving I, it for I the can, end. I can come up with another one too. We can do the fun things, and I can come up with another one. Okay, very good. Well, we did have uh, have some interesting conversations with the players that were uh, a little bit of a carryover from uh, the media conversations that happen before uh, the players get in the room, which uh, can be anywhere from, from 10 to 30 minutes of, yep. uh, of us sitting around chatting about who knows what we'll, uh, we'll end up chatting about. Restaurants and TV shows seem to be the two yeah. popular uh, popular topics. Yeah. But and tonight, one of the Ocali kids, I don't remember which one, I apologize, asked us, well, it might have been Dean, um, asked us, which TV show we want to watch again for the first time? Which is a fascinating question. It is. It is. And so um, we let's start with ours. Scott let's, Scott, let's start with yours. I never gave my answer. Yeah, you which didn't give an answer, I, did I didn't. You? And, uh, you chicken and out on it? What? I, I did because, uh, because I, I don't need more opportunities to be reminded how old I am in that room. <laughs> and Listen, when one, when, when one O'Callaghan kid had no idea... With some of the shows where we were talking about, I just I I didn't even know what to do. And my show is really not even that old, but uh, but I I just didn't want to. It was it was older than most of the shows that were being thrown out there. Okay. And so I so I uh, so I did I chickened out. But my my show is House. Oh no! See, House is fantastic. It's a good I love show. House. It's a good show. I I've watched it multiple times. I, I actually own every DVD. Yeah, same here. Of it. Um, and uh, my my, my other na- my other answer would have been Sports Night. Oh, that's which, a great uh, one too. Which was a uh, short-lived sitcom, yeah. uh, kind of a dramedy, uh, back in the uh, late '90s, early 2000s. That's I don't an remember Aaron exactly. Sorkin, right? That's yes, a, it is. That's a one of the. Yeah, that's a great show too. Yeah. So those yeah. those two would have been my uh, my answers. I would have had your back, but I'm also old too. So oh, right, exactly. Um, but I had your back, especially House. That's a tremendous show. Yeah. Oh man, that's a good one. And you had a couple of good answers as well. Yeah, so um, I went with a show that was also on at the same time as House. So uh, 24. That's right. Um, I've always, well, I don't say always. I didn't watch it until um, it was like in season seven that I watched <laughs> it um, for the first time. And was a little lost, but enjoyed it so much I went back and watched it from the beginning. And yeah. continued through season seven once it kept going. Um, love that show. There are times I debate I need to rewatch that show, but it's it's a lot to take on, and 
um, but I need to do it again sometime, and it might be real. It might be like rewatching it for the first time. Right, you, you wait long enough. Watched it like three or four times now, um, and it's a you know, and Parks and Rec is right there with me too. On right, that. Um, it's a show that I tend to just put on and watch for for fun, even though I've I've watched it four or five times now, probably itself too. Um, and I'm obsessed with it a little bit. Um, I listen to podcasts and stuff, and so um, about the show, and so. Those are those are mine. Those are those are two. They're opposite spectrums. You've got a action drama, right? And then you've got a comedy that is just delightful. Good stuff. All and right. So I took it and asked the players. Oh yeah, I even get we didn't even get around to that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I took I almost it and asked cut it the off players because um, I thought you know what, why not? Let's have some fun tonight. Let's ask these guys. Um, it was on my mind. Um, loosen up a little bit. So we got some fun answers. Uh, Christian Holmes said The Walking Dead. Right. Which I have opinions on that show, but it might go too long for this podcast. (laughs) Um, Brock Martin said a very Brock Martin answer with Peaky Blinders. Right. Which I've not seen, but I'm going to watch at some point. It's been on my list. All right. It's on Netflix. Um, He's a big fan of that show. Tay Martin didn't have an answer. No. He turned to video games. He did. And I said, well, okay, video games, fine. Give me an answer on that. And... uh, he would. He said the uh, NCAA football game with Tebow on the cover. I think 2011 is what he said on that. Yeah, I don't. Which was a very specific answer. I was yeah. glad that he that he came through with that. Yeah. Um, so that's that's always that's a good one. And then um, Jake Springfield surprised us. Yes. He was he was a stunner. That 70s show. So. Came out of nowhere. That's a good one too. Um, I don't. I've not watched that one completely. I've just watched reruns. Yeah, I've never watched it straight through. Um, but uh, but an entertaining show. Yeah, no complaints there. So good answers. Uh, it was it was fun. And then uh, was it Eli? I believe brought up uh, Halloween candy, which yeah. was the question that we should have been following up with after TV shows was yeah. uh, favorite Halloween candy. He went with Laffy Taffy or Starburst. Yeah. Jake Springfield did. We didn't ask the rest of the guys. We try to get the guys to bring back be brought back in to ask that <laughs> question, and, sh- and they wouldn't do it. But that's yeah. okay. We were unable to bring them back in yeah. for. Uh, for Halloween candy discussion, what's unfortunately. your candy? Twix. Twix. That's um, a good I'm one. A, I'm a. I'm obsessed with Twix in all in all forms. Yeah. Okay. That's why I get to Twix bar every Saturday. Exactly. Exactly. Well, mine's mine's Starburst. I've always been a Starburst guy. Good call. Good Love call. Starburst. Nothing wrong with a good Starburst. Not not these this mini Starburst stuff that Brendan Presley's obsessed with. And oh yeah. Hand, apparently hands out of practice and nasty. Gross right. practice with his hands handing that out. I'm, right, yeah. I'm good there. It's it's the single packaged Starburst. Good call. Edition. Good call. All right. Well, for Kansas week, that was uh, that was good discussion. All right. Well, that brings us to the most important thing I forgot. You have uh, you have something else for me? We have not talked Mike Gundy's contract. We haven't. That's a that's a good point. Got serious again. Sorry. Yeah. But. Um, you know, it's it's interesting to talk about. What's your take on it? Um, I, you know, I I'm curious to see what the financial details will be. Mm-hmm. We uh, we are still waiting to see what's going to happen with that. That hasn't been finalized at this point. I think for the most part, he's probably going to get back um, the majority uh, of or all of the uh, the money that he uh, lost in his pay cut last year. Um, so I think that that's a uh, a sign of faith that the new administration has in him. Um, I don't think that this is necessarily all that strongly tied to the fact that there are, are job openings coming up, 
coming open no. or jobs coming open. Uh, I don't uh, I don't feel like that's a uh, a big concern at this point. Um, you know, the important thing to remember about this contract: a year was taken off of his contract, but it was still a perpetual contract it was it was still even though it was reduced to four years and now increased back to five it was the same style of contract so um you know this is uh this is a uh, i think a show of faith from the uh, the new administration in casey shrum and chad weiberg that uh that they they believe in what gundy is doing and are uh, are confident in him you I mean, you pretty much said it all. I mean, I think there's just a lot of confidence right now. And, and Gundy's talked about, he's. I think he said it twice now this season, right, that he's fortunate to have all three of his kids yeah. go through the entire school system at Stillwater together. Yeah. Or not together, but they've all gone through it. And a lot of, especially Power 5, coaches don't get that opportunity to have their kids all go to the same school system. And I think that's important to them. And so – this solidifies that, um, solidifies his future. He's not going anywhere. Right. Um, you know, I think he's adjusted a lot of ways for him uh, the last year and a half or so, um, and it's been for the better, and I think this is the uh, the reward and the outcome. Yep, I agree. Good stuff, good stuff. Um this this only halfway qualifies for the most important thing I forgot because oh. we uh, we briefly talked about the third quarter scoring and you oh, mentioned yeah. I did I did write about it yeah what what do you think is is the real cause of this is it just is is Oklahoma State getting out schemed at halftime is it um, you know poor planning on the uh, in terms of what they're what they're scripting because we talked about the script and Mike Gunny talked about the script uh, on Monday, but we we discussed this earlier off the air. They come out of, of half knowing they're getting the ball, and they run Jalen Warren essentially up the middle three times in a row. One of them goes for seven yards and sets up a, a third and short, but they run the ball on third and two. They never never really take a chance to. Uh, to try and uh, and air things out, or uh, or even go to the air at all, um, just seems like an odd script that uh, you wouldn't have something else in mind for a third and two. Yeah, I that's I think I think there's script issues maybe, or a lack of ability to adjust. Maybe I don't I don't know. I, I I'm really confused by it. Clearly, Mike Gundy's confused by it um, because I asked about it in post game. And it's one of the most uh, stunned I think I'd seen Gundy on a question right. in a long time. He didn't know how to answer it. No, he didn't. And I thought I don't think I mean when he joked yesterday about passing around the hat for ideas, I think he was somewhat serious. I don't know how much of a joke it was. Yeah. Um, I think he's looking. He's searching as much as yeah. uh, as anybody is for you know, I don't uh, for know answers. If, it's, if this is a fault of Casey Dunn. Right. You know, if this is a thing where he sets a script and then the defense says differently, basically, and he doesn't adjust quick enough and they figure it out by the fourth quarter. Right. I, I don't, I mean, I have no idea if that's the answer. I don't, I don't know what the answer is, um, but I'll be fascinated to see how they fix it. Yeah, I will be too. It's, uh, it's, an, it's an odd thing to, uh, to have seen it continue on this long. And uh, and be as dramatic as it has been. 
Um, you know, Tanner Brown hits the one field goal against Texas, misses one at Iowa State. And that's basically their only two legit scoring opportunities in the third quarter of this season. And they're not so. even coming close otherwise. No. no. I, I just – I don't get it. It's one of the strangest things I've seen in college football. And I just – I don't know how they fix it, but I think they fix it this week. Yep. Yep, I agree. All right. Well, we uh, we got into a whole bunch more football talk there after uh, after uh, breaking away for a, for a minute. But uh, that's a reward for all of you who stuck it out to the end. Yes. So we appreciate you the most of all the podcast listeners. We appreciate you all. But those that are still listening right now, we appreciate the most. <laughs> so um, I think that'll do it for this episode of the Cowboy Chronicles podcast. We will talk to you after the Kansas game.